When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sup Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. And luckily for Elise, not in weddings. You are 10 (laughs) 10 days out, Miss Morales. Your last weekend, not as a wife. I know. I know. It's um, it's crazy. And as I was I was just saying right before we recorded at 14 days out, you feel good, like everything's (laughs) done. And then at 10 days out, you feel like everything is not done and everything's crazy. And you have a million packages and you can't get onto your back deck because everything's covered (laughs) in packages. (laughs) Oh, my God. God. It's about to rain. Well, no, so it's on the inside of the door and Mm. I cannot access the door because it's full of knickknacks. And and you're doing a like immediate honeymoon, right? So you got to like plan. There's that stress as well. I have begun. I I have begun my packing. Oh, wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. I know. I've never done that in my life, but I actually (laughs) began packing early. You're going to take a car, right? Like drive across the country. Well, so we're we're flying out to Palm Springs and Mm. then we're doing a little road trip to the Grand Canyon and we're going to hit up Joshua Tree and Vegas in between. And I did a little rent the runway for Vegas. Oh, you know, my my pandemic wardrobe doesn't really meet. Vegas (laughs) standards. I need to show up for Cirque du Soleil. I don't want to look ridiculous at Cirque du Soleil. I I mean, I'm sure people will be at that show in sweatpants. That's true. (laughs) I mean, I think you should consider committing voting fraud while you're in California because that governor race is going to be close. I know. I know. Should I just drop off the ballot? I'm just joking, by the way. One time I joked about committing voter fraud on Twitter and a reporter contacted me via email and they were like, Ah. someone sent me this and said it's true. So I need to always say I have no intention of committing voter fraud. I'm not going to drop off a ballot. You guys know that like that tax issue I couldn't stop talking about because it was stressing me out so much. Mm -hmm. The reason that I actually delayed um, trying to figure out if I owed taxes to the state of North Carolina was because I was worried that the reason they thought that is because I might've voted there inappropriately. I, I couldn't remember. Like I used my parents' address for at least my first couple of years in New York, the first couple elections. So the reason I didn't address it because it was like peak 2020. And I was like, the last thing I need is a scandal that like the uh, yeah. person committed voter fraud in North yeah. Carolina. So yeah. then I delayed it and they garnished my paychecks for a while, but I got it all back. But it was specifically because I was so terrified of being accused a voter fraud. The woman behind the Betches Sup liberal millennial Instagram account commits voter fraud. I mean, it would probably be my best path to like notoriety. Yeah, that's, I mean, you could immediately become a pundit. There are worse things to be famous for. Yeah. Like, and speaking of, we can get into our topics. Yeah, speaking of. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So today we're going to take up some of our favorite topics. Bad men, mediocre men unhinged men where should we start bad mediocre or unhinged let's go let's let's scale up okay let's start <laughs> you know mediocre and then go to unhinged okay sounds great so for mediocre men we uh we simply have to turn to jeopardy because <laughs> 
I'll take what mediocre man for $500, Amanda. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, she will. Going to come to infuriating men today. We have got a daily double. We really have a daily triple if we do end up talking about Alan Dershowitz, who is the unhinged man. Uh, we'll see if we get there today. But we're going to start with this Jeopardy conversation, which um, are you guys like really invested in this? Are you big Jeopardy watchers? No, I, I have no. sex with people. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There are uh, Jeopardy fans probably have more sex than me. Um, no, I'm not. A, I'm not a Jeopardy head, but people care. About people really this. care. People care. Yeah. My biggest like connection with Jeopardy is just all the Jeopardy based games I would play in school. Like every like I know the rules of Jeopardy and how Jeopardy works, because like I feel like every high school they'd be like, and today we will now play colonization right. jeopardy and like you learn about all the colonies. Um, but it's true. I know I definitely became like I'm very familiar with like Bachelorette Jeopardy, but I don't yes. I don't frequent the show day to class I feel like was all we always were having a Jeopardy. Always so it's, a, it's a cultural touchstone for sure. It is. I think like about once every three months my little brother posts a tweet so disturbing like <laughs> like something about not wearing a condom or something super like gross like that. And then I'll put, I'll take things I never want to see my little brother tweet for $500. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hours. It's in and Mexico. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where for someone who has never really been like a big watcher of it, I know a lot about it just because yeah. it's so huge in like the culture. Right. And there are people that are absolutely daily watchers and have a lot at stake in this. So the process to replace Alex Trebek as host of Jeopardy is complete, but somehow it has never been more controversial. We're learning a lot more about what into that decision and the decision specifically to cast Jeopardy executive producer Mike Richards as the show's main host with Mayim Bialik hosting primetime tournaments whatever those are. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure it out, but yeah. sounds great. She did a great sounds job. Sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. After a pretty prolonged battle, Alex Trebek died of pancreatic cancer in late 2020. Mm. I don't know if it was that prolonged, but I think that that one's usually just very, very fast. So this yeah. guy, Mike Richards seemed like a surprising choice because nobody knew who the fuck he was and he's not good. <laughs> Top and, and there were, and, and like they had where they were, one week at a time, we're like trying out different people. Yeah. So like Dr. Oz was one of them. Uh, he's a terrible bad man. He's a bad uh, man. But that's, a, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Um, listen to maintenance phase. Um, mm-hmm. There was. Um, they had Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rogers, do it, yeah, and Aaron yeah, yeah. Rodgers <laughs> really wanted it. Like, yeah. And he I really heard it was wanted actually it. good. Yeah. He and apparently then, did a lot of prep. Uh, yeah. Like he wanted it. And then I heard that, you know, the more famous one that all of black Twitter was talking about was LeVar Burton. Yeah, that's the only one that I heard of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So black Twitter was like really wanted him to get it. I've read one person who is like a friend and I trust her and is an avid Jeopardy stand say that LeVar didn't bring the energy needed yeah. To like, you know, he's very slow paced and whatever. And that needs somebody like a little bit more punchy. Mm-hmm. That was what she was saying. But did she I say if Mike Richards was punchy? I don't think so. Yeah. I can't imagine that he, she, she <laughs> thinks he's better, you know? Yeah, but. exactly. I mean, yeah, like you said, LeVar Burton, Aaron Rodgers, they were like actively campaigning for the job. And so was Ken Jennings. I think Ken he Jennings. hosted it for a long time. So this guy, Mike Richard, he reportedly tried to move from EP to host before. This seems to be his lifelong dream to host a game show host. And he has been like charting or to host a game show. And he's been charting a path for that for decades. He used to produce The Price is Right, but lost the hosting job then to Drew Carey. It might have been because he was named in a number of lawsuits brought by models in the show who alleged sexual harassment, wrongful termination and pregnancy discrimination. Amazing. Yeah. So his response has been, you know, I I just worked there. So obviously all the people that work there and in powerful positions are going to be named. But like he was the executive producer, so he can't really claim I was just sort of around like you were setting setting the tone. Furthermore. Yesterday, a reporter named Claire McNear, she published a long exploration of Mike Richards' appointment and what went down behind the scenes and the ringer. And probably most notably was that this gentleman had a podcast 
that I don't think Jeopardy knew about. And he was a real dumb, dumb in it. So first of all, sources told her that Jeopardy staff was completely blindsided by this appointment and morale had already been lowered since Richards took over as EP. I'm sure part of that was also because Alex Trebek died. Died, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was I mean, probably <laughs> devastating to that. And also just morale is low. <laughs> every, say, in every in job, general, yeah. In general, morale low. low. <laughs> like, <laughs> not much to be done about that. Morale is low because gestures wildly at everything. Yeah, yeah like look yeah. around. One of those, um, one of those lawsuits was settled out of court, where he was named as like the primary defended. He were defendant. He reportedly urged models on the prices right to wear shorter skirts and suggested even that they wear bikinis. This podcast is very bizarre to me because he hosted a podcast for several years that went behind the scenes of the price is right. But all this guy really did on the podcast is talk to his friends inappropriately about women. So I'm not really sure what the point of this podcast was. McNear reviewed all 41 episodes of the podcast that were available online until Tuesday. And he, and she found that Richards repeatedly used offensive language and disparaged women's bodies. There's just so much like gross stuff. I'll give you a few examples. There's one episode when they're discussing like the hack of women celebrities nude photos a couple years ago. And he basically invited a female co-host on and asked them repeatedly if they had ever sent booby pictures. He just says the word boobies like 25 times. <laughs> so why is, that, is That's such a tell, but I don't know why I can't. It's just like a little boy, like boobies. How old was he when he, when like, how old is he now? Like I'm saying this. He's in his forties be- now. He Let me look. His 40s. So the the whack apology, because he said a bunch of shit. But the whack he apology. He was in his late, he was in his late 30s when he said that. Exactly. Like the whack apology is like this was from almost a decade ago. Okay, 2014. 2014, <laughs> yeah. I guess, but also it's not like you were 18 in 2014. Like it's like a decade yeah. ago if you were like eight, you know, 18 or maybe even 20. But if you're in your late 30s, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Also, you left it up like, you yeah. know, like you clear, like you still stood by this enough to until someone caught you. Yeah. What I don't understand is that why are you talking about this on a podcast about the prices? Right. Like one of the things he said in his defense was he told the ringer the podcast was an irreverent conversation between friends. But, quote, even with the passage of time, it's more than it's more than clear that my attempts to be funny and provocative were not acceptable. Why is the pr- a podcast that's supposed to be about the price is right in a reverent conversation between friends? Like it really is everybody. I mean, I have a podcast, but everybody gets a fucking podcast now. It's like, you want a podcast where you talk about boobies? Sure. We'll produce it as a price is right podcast. Uh, yeah. And it's just like, you know, I don't know, like take comedy class. This is the thing. Like, <laughs> If, you know, everyone wants to be funny, everyone wants and then they they don't know how. And then they try to, like, say something. I don't know. Yeah, it does have that air for sure. Yeah. And it just is like, okay, this guy wants to be the host of something. Take some hosting classes like get you know what I mean? Like do the shit like don't cut corners. You want to have a funny podcast like study comedy, maybe have some comedians on there, make it Mm -hmm. about comedy or make, you know, I don't know. You're not a shock jock because you say boobies. Yeah. Yeah. And also like it's saying boobies (laughs) isn't an irreverent conversation. An irreverent conversation is one that like speaks truth to power or like, you know, it tells it like it is mm-hmm. calling women hookers or whatever, which is one <laughs> of the other things that he did and being like, girls look like sluts on Halloween boobs. Yeah. Like that's not an irreverent conversation. That's just you kind of being a weird asshole. Not at but all. Also, like, again, 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 you have another mediocre white man who makes bad jokes, says that he's edgy and nothing about his opinions or anything that he says is edgy. It's actually what people have been saying mm-hmm. for the past hundreds of years <laughs> that women are sluts. They're stupid. Blah, blah, Oops. blah. You look fat. They look fat and ugly in this picture. Yeah. Like you're not actually saying anything edgy or cool or anything like that. And it's, you know, the fucking fucked up part about it is that 
he might not lose his job. He probably won't. His his apology was whack. And the people who do like get canceled over as somebody who's been a victim of this, it's like then, you know, this is like, oh, cancel culture, whatever. He's going to be fine. But there are other like people of color and women who like do speak truth to power, do say yeah. stuff, and then they get the fucking consequences of this quote unquote cancel culture. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so it's just like upsetting for me to see that. Right. Absolutely. He also said a lot of weird stuff, just like like this man is clearly, I think, a Republican. He kept he just out of nowhere would be like, would disparage the homeless and like the mm-hmm. idea of government support. I mean, this poor reporter, she just found I had to stop putting them in the outline because just dozens of a things. Podcast about the prices, about right? The price You're disparaging right. the homeless. Like, what is the fuck wrong dude? with also, you? <laughs> like, yeah, and like food stamps. Yeah. And as you said, Millie, the post of Jeopardy doesn't need to be edgy. They need to have something, but no, he doesn't, no. he doesn't have it. Like that's the most, I don't know if this is, it could have been the most amazing host and maybe these comments would be disqualifying. I yeah. don't know. He could maybe come out and say, I, I, I've changed or something. I, I would rather him host this show than be in charge of everybody else. Honestly, I don't know if he's still the executive producer, but he's not a good host. He had complete control over the host selection. Like originally it was his job to choose the new host. He says that as soon as he realized, oh, me, I'm in contention that he stepped aside, but he was in charge of this entire process. He's nothing special and really lacks like the whimsical sense of curiosity that Alex Trebek had. Like Alex Trebek just was delighted by like knowledge and trivia. I think even if you didn't watch it, you knew that he was adorable. He just loved doing it. I feel like this guy just like wants to be wants to be a game show host for some reason, but doesn't actually have like a passion or talent. It's just a weird obsession he developed. Well, it goes back to what Millie was saying is like there's a skill set involved with being a game show host. Mm -hmm. Like and there's a skill like it's why actors a lot of the time become hosts and like people who have been in news media and stuff like he if he if this is a dream that he had. There are a lot of ways to like legitimately pursue that mm-hmm. instead of just like stealing the job from better qualified people once you're in charge of the company. And, but also the other thing that this reminded me of, and I actually Googled it before the show to make sure I was remembering it correctly, <laughs> but Dick Cheney was in charge of this vice presidential yes, selection that's process right. for George W. Bush, and he chose himself. <laughs> I knew there was an incredible president, and that is it. There, the, yeah. So it just, I'm like, great. Like the type of guy who's like, I'm in charge of choosing. I actually choose myself. Is a very specific and type. Twenty of guy. years later, we're leaving the war that he forced us to start. I mean, so that he made so much money off of. Yeah. Yep. At least think- he's still alive and has to fucking see it. Donald Rumsfeld is off the earth. I, well, well, you know, hopefully know. he's in hell. Definitely. It sucks Looking though, on like, it. it sucks though, because sometimes I think like, sometimes it brings, I don't even believe in heaven or hell really, but sometimes I'm like, yeah, these people are definitely in hell, but I'm like, yeah, but Millie, you're going to be in hell too. <laughs> there needs to be different tiers of hell. If hell exists. There, supposedly like there think, are. Yeah. I like to think that I'm in a hell like, yeah, okay. I'm a good person. I don't cheat people. I don't kill people, but whatever. I had sex before marriage or done something dumb like that. So I'm going to go to hell, but like, I can't, I can't like live, be in the same hell as Dick Cheney. There's got to be. No, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you. Um, There's got to be different, definitely at least two categories of hell. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of second category of hell, this guy was like, one of his things that was so telling was that he was just praising white hosts mm. like like, yeah, I like this guy because he's a white guy. And, you know, it's just like, what is going on? Yeah, really no. weird, really weird vibes. He he constantly like I said, he constantly massaged this process to ensure he ended up on top. Like this guy yeah. is crazy. He was in charge of the schedule as as someone in entertainment. It is crazy for a no name person who's never hosted anything before, who has Mm -hmm. no hosting ability to take over one of the most enduring franchises in American television. Like that is completely insane. And it's like if you have a little pet project where you want to be a game show host, 
go create a game show and host it, but don't take over one that means something to people that was famously hosted by like this beloved figure when you have no skill set to do it, except that you want to. It's very, very white guy. Yes. That is the white guy. S. That <laughs> is the mediocre, like that is the mediocre white guy critique, right? Cause he's like, it's why not-, not me? He couldn't think yeah, of any why reason. Why can't I be the host of jeopardy, even though I have zero zero background in this (laughs) yeah I should get it because I want it and it's like completely disregarding the amount of people who have like wanted something and can't get it just because of all these other factors because there were and then the thing is like I don't want to be the host of Jeopardy let me really do it yeah no but like I just think about other people in in entertainment that like want something and they can't get it. And then they work hard and create their own thing. And like, it sucks and it shouldn't be that way. Like everybody who wants something should be able to get it. Right. But that's just not how the world works. The world works in favors of of guys like Mike Richards. But at the same time, I mean, right. Issa Rae wanted to be on something like the office. So she created her own little YouTube channel that turned into a production company that turned into insecure, that turned into all these things. But like, so like when Issa Rae got a deal for fucking whatever, it's not like, oh, well, who is she or whatever? It's yeah. like, no, she wanted to do something. She did like the work. She was in it herself. She she may not have gone to act, but I, she, I, she, she was doing stuff since Stanford. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, you know, Mindy Kaling had to do that, too. She had to, to be an actor, to be a character. Didn't she write her own character? Yeah, she's her own character. And like, even it was real. I mean, just example, like Mindy Kalen did like off-Broadway shows, like making fun of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck like 15 years ago. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, like when you see somebody like Mindy Kaling, you're like, it it, it sucks that you have to do all these backwards hoops and like, that's the reality. But then then like, it's just so upsetting to see somebody who's like, I want to do this. So I should be able to do this and I'm going to re- like, and it, it's fucked up that I don't automatically yeah. get thought of. It's just like, yeah. Crazy. And, yeah. and he looks like he manipulated the process. So specifically with LeVar Burton, I also have heard people were not as impressed as they wanted to be with him. He did it. He did five episodes mm-hmm. that they apparently made him film in one day, which oh is God. not customary. I think Ken Jennings did six, six weeks of episodes um, and LeVar Burton's, he happened to guest host during the Olympics, which some of his fans say that might have um, like suppressed views. But like still, if he is clearly the overwhelming favorite, give him a minute, like give him a minute yeah. to get used to it. Like he happened to guest host during the Olympics. But this guy, Mike Richards, would basically he was in charge of the schedule. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe he scheduled LeVar Burton during the Olympics. He was in charge of deciding what metrics would matter more and what mm. shows would actually be promoted. The shows, the shows with the highest ratings were by Ken Jennings. Well, also the, so right. It's, we're not even talking like even the applicant pool, right. It's George Stephanopoulos. It's like mostly white guys that were up for consideration too. It wasn't like it was a bunch of cool people of color and a white guy. It was all white guys except for like two or three people. So that's, that's a other problem in the whole process. And then it still doesn't matter. I mean, if it had been Ken Jennings and they had announced it, it would have been different because it's like, okay, this is someone who clearly has like ties to the show. I get why. Like I can. And yeah, like like it would have made sense. But if we're just picking like a random individual. (laughs) uh, Correct me if I'm wrong and uh, apologize for the slur, but is using the word retard in 2014 in his mm-hmm. late 30s and only took it down this week. Come and he's on. not a good host. Like if you wanna if you wanna say that like somebody is just so so good and talented and great for the franchise that we're gonna overlook this and try to help fine. But he's not he doesn't bring anything to it. And this is like you were talking about this, Millie, but this is a pipeline issue that happens in every single place of work where there's just some guy that's confident enough to say I'll do it and is in charge of the process and just gives you a million reasons why that's the easiest route. And they're, they're the one hired. I mean, this happens so many places where it's like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll look around, but they're always going to hire internally. And who is already there internally, usually white people. And, and this is the problem I personally have 
with merit, like with the idea of meritocracy is that that's the thing, right? They really do think that it is a meritocracy. And it's like, so it's just like, it's exactly what you said. It's that system of who's there, who's available, who's this. But then not only that, when they're there and they get it, they're like, yeah, like everyone else like that gets food stamps is a piece of shit or like that doesn't blah, blah, blah. It's just like, how can you have those worldviews? You're a fucking dumbass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's I'm I'm very curious to see how they react to this if they did not know that that it was going to happen. But um, I mean, I guess maybe he'll become beloved. It's just such a weird, wasted, such a strange wasted opportunity. People stop watching it. Yeah, reading more yeah. just sounds like the people who had the most at stake had maybe already left. Um, mm. Yeah, completely bizarre. Yeah, I kind of feel like before we move on, my, this is my last thing I'll say is like, I feel like he might lose the job still. It reminds me of like, I read a lot of books about like kings and queens and like that lived. And <laughs> there's always weirdness in between people. Yes. There's always like a guy who goes in and they're like, she's the queen. And it's like, no, actually we're killing her. She's not the queen. We're bringing in this other person. <laughs> so he might, yeah. his days might still be numbered. Might, if, if, he, yeah. if he tanks the ratings, they'll remove, there True. are other people yeah. who I will mean, have yeah, him Especially removed. if these accusations get sort of mainstream and, and viewers yeah. start putting on, my other favorite anecdote was that apparently Alex didn't talk too much about who would replace him. But a couple of years ago, he suggested that um, he said that if it were a woman, he would want it to be CNN senior legal analyst, Laura Coates, oh. which is kind of a unusual like choice. I don't think she was in the running, but I read this. She apparently was like, oh my God, how do you know who I was? I guess I would love to do that. I think I just watched her on TV and was like, she, she'd be great. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, I wonder what he's whatever. But again, that's what I said. You can do a lot of things to have the background necessary. I think a news person would be a great game show. And she also hosts something. Like, yeah, she hosts. And it's just like, you know, again, it takes like the like moving things along, take, you know, being able to stall. Like you, you were charming. on you were on set when they were doing celebrity dating game, right? I was like, yes, like virtually on set. Yeah. Yes. My sister yeah. and her boyfriend watch it all the time. I went oh, to their really? house and it was the first thing they turned on. And I was like, oh, your like, name came up and I was like, I know her. Listen, I wrote a lot of it. OK, yeah. I mean. Yeah. And not, and, and that was something too, that I learned from that. It, I mean, Zoe is a great example of somebody who's like, you need to be charmed and then just things don't go well. And you got to like have good mm, energy yes. no matter what. And there is Zoe you know, Chanel is Zoe who we're Deschanel. talking about yeah, here. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. And Michael yeah. Bolton's the other host. And these are people who they don't necessarily have. Well, Zoe does, obviously. Zoe does. But, Zoe really but doesn't does. have an acting background necessarily, but has a like a hosting, a stage presence background, knowing how to work with a crowd, how to talk to Mm -hmm. people like that's a real skill. It reminds me of people that run for office, like the number of people that serve in the the United States Congress who are just like businessmen or businesswomen Mm. who are just like, I could be a congressperson. It's like you actually can't. You have no you have no passion for these issues. You have no experience with them. You have no connections to groups that know what to do like you were just like yeah. why not why not i look like all the people in there so i should be able to do that like kelly leffler yeah well the thing is too um which is something that i've learned there's a bunch of merit there's a bunch of like people who aren't qualified blah blah blah. but the longer i'm in the industry i'm like oh that's why this person's famous or that's why this person they i, I could see the raw talent and like the the people skills personable, like in between takes, like, Hey, how are you doing? Let me do some small talk with you. Like it is a skill. And like, as much as we, we criticize career politicians, which I I understand those criticisms and it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, whatever, Washington at the same time, it does take a certain skill and does take a certain person. And it does take a little bit of finessing and that Mm -hmm. is important. And that's part of the job, you know, it's like, just like there are people who are great at sales and great at this and that like there are just people who are good and you have it or sometimes yeah. it's like you have it or you don't and sometimes it's like you can work on it and make it but you can't just sit there not do any other work yeah and then be like i think mike richards has just been on like a two-decade journey to towards accepting the fact that he's not charismatic not everybody is it's a bummer but it happens 
We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So we're going to move on to our next story of this episode, which is about a very, very bad man. This story is about R. Kelly, and it could be triggering and references testimony about sexual abuse. So if that's something you don't want to hear right now, you can pop out of this episode now or fast forward 15 minutes or so. So R. Kelly appeared yesterday in a Brooklyn courthouse for the second week of his trial for sex trafficking. Right now, he's been charged with, I was reading a timeline, he's been charged with Dozens and dozens of crimes. Good. Yes, yes. (laughs) Truthfully, right now, racketeering based on the exploitation of children, kidnapping, and violations of the Mann Act, which prohibits transporting women and girls across state lines for sex. So you see Matt Gates. The charges this time involve six women and girls. Interestingly, I think one of them is is Aaliyah, or Aaliyah factors into what's happening now because with this trial was the first time that any of Kelly's attorneys have acknowledged that they had a relationship or they like they hadn't, or I mean, obviously they, they were married, but they had, they were always really like vague about it. Like mm. she never would say, she didn't want to say the nature of their relationship. Poor girl. Poor girl. Yeah. But the nature of their relationship is, is likely that he got her pregnant and yeah. they thought, and so, or he thought, and so they had to get married and, and they, it, they annulled it. Well, they lied on it said that right. she was 18. Yeah. And that's definitely if they got married a different state, that's that's definitely some sort of trafficking. But yesterday included really disturbing testimony for from Johando Johnson Pace. If you watch Surviving R. Kelly, she did participate in that. She said she's literally also about to have a baby any day. And here she is having to do this. (laughs) She said that Kelly sexually abused her when she was 16. She said that Kelly started abusing her when she was 16. She met him. She was a fan. She told him that he was, that she was 19 and they, he performed oral sex on her. And then she felt weird about that. So she said, actually, I'm 16. At which point he said, just say you're 19, but I'd like you to act 21. So (laughs) he definitely knew that. As we said, he, he doesn't, even if she had said, I'm actually like, he wouldn't even have cared if she was. Yeah. He made no. a fake ID for Elio when she was 15, so he could he could marry her. So any claim that like, oh, I thought she was 19 is, is not really. Well, if fly. it was one person. Right. But it's literally right. like 80, so many. So, right. so many. Yeah. <laughs> At that point. <laughs> yeah. Johnson Pace said she had been a fan of Kelly's and that she attended his child pornography trial and support uh, in Chicago a long time ago. A year later, Kelly invited her over. And that's when their sexual relationship started. It lasted about six months. 
She said he wouldn't let her and others out of their rooms and they had to follow Rob's rules. He physically abused them once choking pace and causing her to pass out. This was Kelly's MO. He seduced young women when they approached him for help with their music careers before completely taking control of their lives. He dictated what they ate, how they dressed, when they bathed, when they slept, and really precisely dictated how he wanted to have sex with them uh, and also recorded them having sex with him. So that's why he has a lot of child pornography charges. Kelly is in much worse shape legally now than he was in 2008 and former associates who pleaded guilty to crimes related to allegedly threatening the accusers are cooperating with the government. Those he settled out of court countless times with women who began dating him when they were girls and who he physically and emotionally abused. What's also different this time around is that his lawyers are apparently terrible. Two members of his legal team quit two months ago, calling another set of lawyers Kelly had hired clueless. Those lawyers yesterday tried to pretty classic paint the victims as disgruntled groupies who wanted media attention. <laughs> One of his new lawyer's name is Nicole Blank Becker. I can't remember what I recognize her for. I feel like she's she's represented somebody else terrible. Probably Donald Trump in the fucking yeah. trial. <laughs> It all goes back to that one Philadelphia <laughs> fucking guy from definitely. the impeachment. So she gave a reportedly incoherent two-hour opening statement, repeatedly referencing the victims as girls, which if you're defending somebody who raped girls, is not what you want to do. So she had yeah. to correct them to say women at least six times, but the jury heard her. So... <laughs> Uh, this kind of defense didn't work for Harvey Weinstein. And this seems like sort of another really big public trial since the Me Too area, with the main difference being that this is the most high profile trial with mostly black accusers. Mm. So, I mean, do we think that will affect the outcome? It's a jury trial. My my actual bigger worry when I hear that his lawyer is incompetent is that we'll get a Cosby situation again and his mm. lawyer will have been so incompetent and dumb that he'll get mistrialed. That is that's the big yeah. fear when I hear that he has an incompetent lawyer, as funny as it is for him to have an incompetent lawyer like. After the Cosby thing, I'm like, OK, I also need to make sure we also need to make sure like everything's correct going because these guys can wiggle out of it even if he is uh found guilty yeah i guess for me i'm just like there seems to be so many cases in so many states that if and he's only he's only gonna live so long i'm like if this one don't stick one of them will but Mm -hmm. I, i don't know if that's just being too optimistic i just keep thinking about i think the thing that really breaks my heart is you know hearing now you know a lot of the victims were at the trial when he was with the 14 year old uh when like the one the like 2002 trial or 2003 trial and i think that you know i just think about that mindset and like even how it affects me of like when you view victims when you view everything as like like this binary victim or predator or this or that, or like kind of victim blaming. I know we use that word a lot, but yeah, there's so many people. It it is just like how media crafts it and all that stuff of like, if you don't view yourself as somebody who's susceptible to, or that you think of yourself as invincible and stuff, like I've definitely gotten in situations where I'm like, oh, well, I know that this happened to her, but it's not happening to me or I'm not going to this and that. Or like, I'm better than this because I will just leave if he does this. And what what ends up happening is that master manipulators like R. Kelly, it's like frogs in boiling water all the time. You know, it's like, or I guess lobsters, I think frogs. I think it, wor- I think it works with lobsters. And I think you can boil a whole number of animals. Yeah, is a metaphor <laughs> frog or is it lo- Well, it's just like, you know, it's just like little and little, the shit, the requests get crazier and crazier and then yeah. this and that. And it's just a play. And but you know that they're capable of doing that. But like you just think that you're immune to it because they paint the victims as like money hungry groupies or whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm not a groupie. Like so I, it just fucking sucks that he was able, was able to like access more people even after the first trial. So I I think that the cards have really fell for him and like people have come to a head that like, for the most part, what he did was wrong, you know? But I I mean, the women were so young that like, he just manipulated them. Like I think of like me when I was 16, if my like 
favorite man in the public space was maybe accused of something like, I, I, I don't know. I can see myself trying to delude myself into yeah. like, I mean, when you're a teenage girl, you become obsessed with famous men, like obsessed. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's yeah. pretty brave of her to come forward. And, and she had an NDA too. But she's just like, fuck it. Well, good for her. I mean, a lot of people broke their NDAs with our, Ke- like with our, Ke- yeah, for sure. you know, and it's, it's also super fucked up because I mean, speaking on Aaliyah and her legacy, um, right? Like R. Kelly's way of ha- of handling this, you can backtrack to who her who his victims are by looking at the executive producers of any album that he, like he's wow. done. Because basically, he gives what his like settlement is is that he gives a portion of all all of his records to the families of victims and they get like a royalty cut from everything. It's really Mm -hmm. fucked up. And one of the main ones was Aaliyah's uncle, Barry Hankerson, who ran background records. (laughs) And um, that just, that guy is going to the second level of hell in terms of like, he's, he's only releasing Aaliyah's music on streaming like next month. Like, it has not been on streaming this whole time. Wow. He fucked over Jojo and he's like a, an exec producer. He's the one who in, introduced R. Kelly and Aaliyah and like has been making money off of R. Kelly's songs. And now like that the R. Kelly well is dry. He's finally releasing Aaliyah's music on streaming because uh. yeah, streaming contracts are fucked up for artists, you know, and he wants to make as much money as possible, but yeah, like so fucked up. Men are trash. Men are trash. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Should we conclude with our unhinged man of today? Yeah, let's let's end with our unhinged man. That's and on high. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm reading directly from um, page six, but it seems, which is our very, very credible source. <laughs> but Larry David apparently screamed at Alan Dershowitz at a grocery store because of his Trump ties. Alan Dershowitz, not just Trump ties, but Alan Dershowitz has represented a whole host of people, including Jeffrey Epstein, right? I'm not making that up. Oh, oh yeah. Alan yeah. Dershowitz was on the Alameda yeah. Express, Jeff- honey. Exactly. Yeah. Jeff- Alan Dershowitz is, is allegedly an active allegedly. pedophile. <laughs> like, well, have, you guys yeah, seen those, have you guys seen those? There are these funny, they're just funny TikTok trends where it's just like girls in the bathroom drunk will be like, should I text my ass? And the whole room is like, no, that's you guys when I said Epstein. <laughs> Epstein's yeah. Back- yes, he's the worst. He is the, just notoriously the worst. He Dershowitz, hangs around yeah. Dershowitz. Yeah. Larry David. 
He's probably obnoxious to be around, probably insufferable, but we like him. So he, Larry David and Alan Dershowitz both hang out in Martha's Vineyard. My favorite, I really hope, I would love if like Barack Obama was also just around when this was happening, but apparently they ran into each other at a convenience store and uh, Larry David was uh, was furious. Dershowitz wanted to talk to him and David said, no, 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 we really can't talk. I saw you. I saw you with your arm around Mike Pompeo. It's disgusting. Interesting, like top line thing to reference. I would probably yeah. go for the Epstein rather than exactly. just giving Pompeo like, a little cuddle. Talk. You were on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. <laughs> like the Jeffrey Epstein plane thing, right? Like for like there are no pictures of him mm-hmm. it is confirmed and he does say that he was on it with his family like yes there's some like reasonable Gates was on it yeah mm-hmm. exactly but the fucking pompeo hugging thing yeah. now yeah like you also Larry. defended trump in the impeachment trial yeah there was a lot like, going on <laughs> but i guess that's what larry had a uh, front of mind and dershowitz yeah, he the really reason, didn't like the that. reason we know this conversation went down this way is i guess because dershowitz then confirmed all of this to page six <laughs> dershowitz tried to f- defend himself saying uh, that pompeo was his former student at harvard law and he greets all of his students that way David said uh, it's disgusting your whole enclave it's disgusting you're disgusting And uh, Larry walks away. And I guess the most incredible anecdote from this is that Alan Dershowitz walks around with a shirt that says it's the Constitution stupid so that when people confront him like this, he can defend himself for defending Donald Trump. So he wears this around. Just in case anyone's unclear, Larry David walks away. Alan Dershowitz reveals under his T-shirt mm-hmm. another T-shirt that says it's the Constitution stupid, which he wears at all times in case he is yelled at by Larry David in a grocery store. And <laughs> I think for me, this is just another example of like. You want to fucking be the Mr. Freedom, want to hang out with whoever the fuck and face no yes, consequences exactly. and, and face no consequences. And you still want to parlay with everyone. I mean, that's Donald Trump still yeah. wants to get invited to all the parties still. Want, and it's like, no, honey, that's not how this works. You know, no. And exactly. this is actually not the first time like Dershowitz has complained many times about how people are mean to him at Martha's Vineyard now. And <laughs> yeah, he, exactly. wrote, he wrote an op ed once being like everyone at Martha's Vineyard is mean to me now. And like this is like a big thing of his life. And I'm just like, why don't you just stop going to Martha's Vineyard, man? Like, it's, like yeah, you go can to fucking Florida. Florida. yeah, go to Florida, go to Mar-a-Lago right? and hang out with your people. But that's the exactly. thing. because Those parties are whack. And they yeah. know that, but it's like, that's the thing. It's like, then don't fucking be an asshole. Don't he's, say. Yeah. He's acting like he's the victim. He told page six, I'm a liberal Democrat and I voted for Joe Biden just as enthusiastically as Larry did. Larry is guilty of contemporary McCarthyism. McCarthy would have been proud of him. Shut up. He literally just didn't know want to talk to you at a convenience store. Yeah, he's not like trying to hang you. He's not pressing charges. He said, I want to fucking talk to you, man. Yeah. Like, first of all, he, I guess what happened is that like Dershowitz approaches him in the store, tries to say hi to him. Larry <laughs> David's like, no, don't fucking talk to me. They leave. And Dershowitz like keeps trying to say shit to him. You know, yeah. it's like people don't have to want to talk to you at the grocery store, my dude. It's the Constitution, stupid. Yeah, that's <laughs> just so dumb. Can I also share, which is the same thing and it upset me and I shared it on Twitter, but there's a stupid, stupid like copy pasta Facebook script of somebody like, can I see your vaccination card, sir, at a restaurant? And then this like, can I see all your employees vaccination cards? And if they have HIV and hepatitis C and it's like, and also, can you make sure that they don't have, they don't do drugs and also blah, blah, blah. If you're going to ask me about that, this and that, you know, and it's just like stand up to restaurants. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. It's like, you know what, Alan Dershowitz, go take, go chill with Mike Pompeo. Go do whatever the fuck you want, right? Go give Mike Pompeo all the hugs you want. Go Just... make out with Mike Pompeo, but ain't nobody gonna, it, nobody's obligated to fucking talk to you at a fucking grocery store. And this is the same thing that I say to these dumbasses who are like, don't get vaccinated. Kill your, you know, I mean, no. Just don't get vaccinated. Don't right? kill yourself, but also yeah, don't you know. kill yourself. But like, okay, it's your choice. You are not 
legally obligated to have to go to restaurants yeah. and not be like, what is they wrong with you? They don't have to let you in. And also, guess what? Places are allowed to establish rules. We have a rule about COVID-19 vaccination specifically. We don't have a rule about any of this other bullshit you're talking about. So whatever. If they had a rule that was like only that you could have any nonsensical rule you wanted to enter a place. No shoes, no well, shirt, no service. Yeah. Well, you know, can, can it's we not talk a about rule number one? But yeah. yeah, but can we talk about how like racist places are with dress codes of no do rags, no hats, no jerseys? Like we know who that's targeting. But yeah. now it's like no vaccinations. It's like, oh, well, we don't. First of all, two things. You can't pass HIV in a fucking restaurant. No. Like you what? <laughs> and two, restaurants have health codes. Mm-hmm. They absolutely have health codes of like washing your hands, cleaning sanitary things. What they, a- might, they might do drug testing. And they, yeah, which is stupid. They shouldn't. Exactly. They shouldn't. We don't want I mean, to. You're a restaurant. Name, let people do yeah, drugs. But you know, also, I'm just like, name a restaurant where not like, yeah. I know. Has yeah, anybody baby. ever watched a show about being a chef? Come on. Or yeah. Just- I mean, I read Anthony Bourdain's exactly. book. Let me tell you. <laughs> It's you, you don't need a drug free person to make your food. <laughs> you absolutely, I'm just like, if they're, if you will know if they can't do the job, like there's no, you know what I mean? Like you'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm proud of Larry David. I guess he maybe did the Pompeo thing if this was extremely recently, because like Pompeo, obviously, we saw lots of pictures of him hugging the head of the Taliban. So maybe he didn't want yeah. well, to guess- rub off some Taliban on him. Also in the moment, like who knows what's gonna come out. Yeah. In the yeah. moment. <laughs> and it's also like maybe Larry David was like, you know what? I'm not gonna scream Europe had a file at this man in front of Imagine Mike Pompeo was just at home enjoying Seinfeld reruns, and then somebody sends him this page six story like, oh fuck you, Mike well, Pompeo. Fuck you, Pompeo. That's what you get you don't for get hugging. To enjoy Seinfeld. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck you. F- Larry David, go off king. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, with that note, until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. Bye. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.